Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, Kamish Makislowski. I now know what it's like to lose in the playoffs. So, that's why we're a little downtrodden this week. But we have two really good games. There's the four best teams in the league are still out there. Um, and we're going to talk about it tonight. So joining me from Take Your Ball and Go Home, also a loser... Shane Stein. Big loser. Big loser over here. Um, yeah, I can't even believe we're having the podcast. I can't even believe you were able to pick yourself up off the bed and, uh, and get up and start moving around after after last week's loss to, to Papa Cause. Thought the Desert Dogs would be taking a couple weeks off, but it's gl- glad that you're up, moving around, back on the pod, and, uh, and ready to go here for the semifinals. I know that a lot of times this league feels as if it's self-serving, but it's not. It's for you guys. So, you know, there's a job to be done. And, uh, yeah, when that bell rings, you got to get off the mat. So, we're here. Um, plus, it's Christmas time. I'm in a really good mood this time of year. So, you know, not even Phil being the championship favorite can bring me down. Joining me and Shane is Phil from the Seawolves. Big game against uh, Papa Kaz this week. How you feeling, buddy? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, we'll get into all, all the matchups, but I, I, I like my chances. This, I, I think both of us have a pretty good set of matchups that, that are going off. But I, I did want to make a comment to, to your earlier point that I, having been in the position I've been league so far I, I have witnessed some of the things that you are going through right now and, and it's just such fantasy football is such an emotional roller coaster and you start sending those texts on Sunday when it doesn't look like it's going your way and why does Travis Kelsey do this to me and it's like well he's the best tight end in football that he does things <laughs> like this and then all the way to see the, the degradation to the point where we got Sunday night to we're, we're playing Warzone and you're a few captain and coke Steve and you're like, oh, this sucks. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. It's like the worst feeling in the world when you lose in the playoffs. And then there was this point Sunday night where Stefan Diggs got you to within four points. So I'm like, wait a second, God, you got to start paying attention here because you actually have a chance to completely turn this around. It's just, it's all the emotional roller coasters of fantasy football. As someone who has lost in the playoffs before, I know exactly what you're going through on, on Sunday watching and. It is what it is. There's only one person that's happy at the end of a fantasy football season for the most part, but what a season it's been. Yeah, I uh I hadn't had a I hadn't had a captain in Coke in a while, but that that was good. That was some good stuff. Um <laughs> oh, you make such a great point there, because I I was cracking up on Sunday when Kaz sent that message. It's like you you know, like it's, you're just steaming because obviously it's looking like you're gonna lose and it's like Man, why is Travis Kelsey having a good game? Against <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, no. Okay, so all right, all right. So let let's let's spin this appropriately. Okay, so yes, he is the best tight end in the league, bar none. It's not close. Has been probably ever since this league has been in play. Um, but with that being said, like, what is the best tight end in football average on a week-to-week basis? Like, 14, 15 points? <laughs> this dude, yeah. I, if I've ever played him and he hasn't put up 20 points against me, I would be shocked. It's like it's like a guarantee. 
So, yes, I agree. Uh, no, I shouldn't I, be... I totally get it, but you, you get to that point where you're just pulling at straws and yeah. like, in your head it makes so much sense. Like, I can't believe this is happening. It's like, well, you need, you need someone there to throw a little logic at you and be like, well, yeah, yeah. He, he is really good and this is one of the outlier weeks that he has. Yeah, he's going to be... <laughs> a lot of people are saying he's going to be the first tight end to ever win Offensive Player of the Year, which is interesting. <laughs> and I actually... He's leading the NFL in receiving yards at the tight end position, so I think there's a case for it. I mean... That team's loaded with offensive weapons, but he's having an incredible year. So, um, yeah, I'd like Shane. Shane, when you have some free time, I'd just like to know what Travis Kelsey has done against me anytime I've played against him. So, um, I'll leave that for R and D. And there's times when it's totally fair. Like week one last year, Sammy Watkins puts up three touchdowns against Eddie. Right when Lamar Jackson has that huge go off game, like that—that's a legitimate. Like that's crazy. That should never happen. But this this is one of those. It's an outlier, but it's definitely within his range of outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I lost to Papa Kaz. Jason loses to um, the Steel Curtain. We'll get into the semifinals, but first, I believe we have some trivia. We do. I've got a question for you guys tonight. Um, I figured I would save Phil some face here, um, go a little different route. I did not want to hear him let us know that LaDainian Tomlinson led the Chargers in rushing this past decade because um, he did not. <laughs> it was two, 2009 was the last year that LaDainian led the Chargers. Um, so just, just, some, just some names to throw out. Obviously, it was Melvin Gordon. Um, Ryan Matthews, but the other two guys to lead the Chargers this past decade, maybe make you chuckle. Are you, we're, we're losing you. I think you were about to say Natron Means. This is really good radio right here. There's a skip ahead 30 seconds button. All right. Well, we will wait for Shane to come back and let us know who the other two. Do you want to guess who they are? Should we guess before we comes back? So it was Matthews and... um, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Uh, Well, it, it had to be... It had to be Eckler in there, right? I don't think so. No. I'm thinking Darren Sproles might be on this list. I thought Eckler would have done it last year. Um, oh, yeah, I guess. Well, Melvin Gordon played last year, too, so it could have been him. All right, Shane. Sorry, I got, I, got, I, got, I got booted, fellas. That's all right. Um, something shut down there. I'm not sure what, what was the last part you heard from me was. We were waiting so, for the other. We were waiting for the other two Chargers running backs. Oh, the other two Chargers running backs. Yeah, 2010, Mike Tolbert led, led the Chargers. And then 2014, you guessed it, Brandon Oliver, oh. the former T-back stalwart, led the uh, Chargers in rushing. Nice. But So I went a little different direction this week. A question that we, we've had in the past and we, we I go to uh, every once in a while here. I wanted to do it last week, but I, I forgot it um, at the end of the regular season. But we'll do it through week 14. So I have 24 names in front of me, 
I'm looking for the QB running back or wide receiver that led their division in football at their fantasy position. So they were the top player at their position in their division of the NFL. For, for, the, for this season? So for the 2020 season, the top player in each NFL division at QB, running back, and wide receiver. So you should be able to make it past guess two here, Phil, I would hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I'll start. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is the number one receiver in the AFC West. All right, give me Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the number one QB in the AFC West. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the number one QB from the NFC North. Give me Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is the number one receiver from the NFC North. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is incorrect. Ah. He is not on this list. That was a really bad guess. It was not. Uh, I'll take Lamar Jackson. (laughs) Lamar Jackson is the number one QB in the NFC North. Phil pulls off a rare victory. I think that's two in a row. Two in a row. Feeling it. (laughs) Um, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is the number one QB in the AFC East. Oh, man. I'll take Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is the number one running back in the AFC South. The number one quarterback in that division, I believe, is Deshaun Watson still. That is correct. Deshaun Watson... Just eked out Ryan Tannehill for this for the spot in the, in the AFC South. I think Dalvin Cook has it. Dalvin Cook is the number one running back in the NFC North and overall. I think the number one running back in the AFC West is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is the number one running back there. the number one running back in the AFC North. There are still some layups out here that you guys have not gotten to. Uh, Give me Daniel Jones. Uh, number one receiver in the AFC East is Stephon Diggs. That is correct. It is not relatively close. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is the number one QB in the NFC East. Not even a starter on his own team. Yeah.
Um, number one receiver in the NFC East, I believe, is Amari Cooper. That is correct. Amari Cooper is still number one in the East. NFC West running back, I think, is Chris Carson. That's correct. Chris Carson is the number one running back there. And the number one receiver in that division is DK Metcalf. That is correct. No. All right, I'll I'll take the bait. I'll take Wilson. <laughs> I was gonna say, anytime you want to start naming your players, Phil, that'd be good. Um, Russell Wilson's the number one QB in the West. Number one receiver in the AFC North. I I'm gonna take a guess here. I think it's Tyler Boyd. It is Tyler Boyd. It's a great pull. He's number one in the North. I believe he's twentieth overall at his position. But number one in the North. Uh the Steelers guys just aren't cutting it there with their four yard routes. Give me Ridley. Cover Ridley is number one in the AFC South. Number seven receiver overall now. Dropped a little bit ever since he got to, to your team, Phil. The number one running back in that division, I believe, is still Alvin Kamara. That is correct. He's number two overall in the running back spot, so he is number one in the South. All right, so we need the running back in the AFC East, receiver in the South, Running back in the AFC North. Quarterback in the NFC South. Running back in the NFC East. Five left. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, North has to be Chubb. AFC North. That is incorrect. Nick Chubb is not on the list. That's because it's Kareem Hunt. It is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is running back six. He is the leader in the North. I'm going to say number one is Miles Gaskin. It is not Miles Gaskin either. Hmm. Out of the four name, well, there's a couple names. There's actually a tie for the one spot. So there are five names actually, but out of the four available spots, there is one future Hall of Famer left on the list. Oh, God. Surefire Hall of Famer or one that we're debating? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give him Surefire. I'm not sure if six Super Bowl rings gets you in the Hall of Fame, but I think it probably gets you close. Uh, 
TB12. <laughs> TB12 is the top quarterback in the South. He's number seven overall in his position. <sighs> All right, I'm going to take a stab at the AFC South receiver, A.J. Brown. It is A.J. Brown. Had a very good year, and he's playing well right down the stretch here for the curtain. That guy's good at football. Good football player. All right, how about Damian Harris? I believe Damian Harris is number three in the East, so you're, you're right around it, Phil. Just the AFC East running back was the toughest one on the list here. That was the one I figured you, you guys probably would struggle with. The NFC East, I, you guys have no excuse. You should probably get this. It's Zeke. Zeke is one of them. There's a tie, actually a tie, so you could have went with either of the two good players there. Or, or Gibson. <laughs> Zeke and Gibson both tied. Gibson has played one less game than Zeke. Um, but they both tied in points. Which Bills running back you want, Phil? <laughs> it's got to be Singletary. It is. It's Singletary. He is the number one running back in the AFC East. With only a hundred, he has a hundred fantasy points this year. That's the number one back in the East. Pretty, uh, pretty poor uh, performance from the running backs over there. But you guys did a pretty solid job there. So, the AFC East and the NFC West are the two divisions where the same team is sweeping all three. That is correct. <laughs> been all Bills in the East, no surprise there, and been all Hawks on offense in the in the West. All right, that was a fun question. I thought maybe we were going to do top twelve quarterbacks. So, <laughs> glad that we switched it up. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's get into the semifinal matchups. We got two good ones. Um, not a good start for the Mad Dogs against the Steel Curtain. We'll start off with that matchup. Um, Austin Eckler not having a great start to the game. Only 4.2 points. A little banged up coming into this one. Um, but I feel like it's a move. He had to play Eckler, I believe, if he was going to play this week. So I can't knock. Um, Micah for doing so. Right now we got Rodgers Saturday night against Carolina. Eckler, the aforementioned Damian Harris at Miami. Uh, Devontae Adams against Carolina. Tim Patrick in the Saturday game against Buffalo. Logan Thomas at tight end. Cooper Cup against the Jets. And DeAndre Hopkins against the Eagles. That's the lineup right now for the Mad Dogs. Um... I'll just kind of start off with a blanket statement. Cooper Cup, top 10 wide receiver this week. How do you guys feel about that? Shane, you want to start us off? I'm having some... Feels like I got kicked again. Uh, it's a question for this one. I said Cooper Cup, top 10 wide receiver this week. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, yeah, I'm hoping because uh, in my semifinal of the league that I'm still in, um, I have Cup. and I, I mean, I pretty much got to play him, I guess. I'm not thrilled about it. Um, went to you for some advice, and, and you kind of steered me in the direction that being the Rams fan that you are, I'm just, I guess I'm just scared of 
kind of the Rams being ahead by 21 in, in the first quarter and, and Cup not really being of much use the rest of the way. Um, so I think I'm going to lean on him being outside the top 10 this week. If he doesn't do it early, I feel like when is he going to do it in that game? Are they really going to need him to produce at all? Um, I usually like Cup playing in the, in the games that are tough because I feel like he's a the number one outlet for golf in, in those tough situations. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's just outside of the top ten. There's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense, and there's some concerns about game script for sure uh, and playing the team that's trying to tank and, and get the number one spot. I, I like Cup a lot this week. Um, I, when, I'm, when you had asked me, Shane, I said that I think uh, – the Rams in games where they're going to clearly dominate, they tend to let Goff kind of uh, do his thing. So I I think that will happen this week, and I think it's a big week for um, Goff and the Rams receivers. So I like Cup a lot this week. I think that's going to be a nice play for Micah. Let's go to a uh, an over under. Rogers and Devonte Adams. Um, we'll set the line at 45. I mean, you're not going to catch me betting an under on this. Um, there's just no reason to bet the under here. Um, this is as good as it gets this year in fantasy football. Rogers to Adams, it's a, it's a lock, but put it in the bank every week. Um, you can't tell me that Adams isn't going for a I think he was going to say 100 and a score. So, Yeah, I, I, I agree. Give, give me the over. They're going to feast this week. Uh, although I'm not sure it's going to be enough. Um, you get a good game from those two. You have a chance. But if, if you don't, you're not going to be able to beat Eddie's team. Yeah, he's going to need it. I'll, I'll take the over too just because... Uh, Aaron Rodgers in prime time Saturday night MVP MVP on the line. Um, he's going to want to keep it going. There's been a lot of talk about him this week on um, all of the ESPN and Fox shows. So um, I like Rodgers, like Adams, but I agree. I'm not sure it's going to be enough. It give he he needs these guys to have big games. To I don't think he can withstand something less than 45 from those two. Um, there's just some some question marks here with Tim Patrick and uh, Damian Harris. I mean, Gibson being hurt and Burrow being hurt really just tanked the value. Well, Gibson obviously being hurt tanks his value, but T. Higgins was a, a week-to-week starter um, when Burrow was out there, and him not being there just has really hurt his value. Yeah, I think for him to get a chance, he, he's got to get two out of Devontae Adams. He's got to get two touchdowns this week, uh, which is definitely possible with this matchup. And primetime game, to your point, he's got a chance. Yeah, I'm excited for some Saturday football. That should be fun. Um, let's go over to the Steel Curtain. We got Josh Allen in that Saturday game at Denver. Dalvin Cook against the Bears. Cam Akers against the Jets, Mike Thomas against Kansas City, A.J. Brown against the Lions, uh, Hayden Hurst against Tampa Bay, 
James Robinson at Baltimore and David Montgomery at Minnesota. Uh, the big one here, I believe, is Montgomery and Cook. That game, um, he's going to need both those guys, I think, to have nice games this week. Saw Cook. I wouldn't say he struggled against Chicago. Um, that was the week he played Phil, I believe, on that uh, Sunday night game. Or Monday night game, I think it was. Um, Cook's yardage was there. I don't think he got in the end zone in that game. But it, it was a lot of volume to get to the yardage totals. So, do you think Cook can have a big game against Chicago this week? Yeah, I think he can. Uh, and he's such a good play that... He, I mean, he had 30 rushing attempts last time they played Chicago. Um, that kind of volume is just crazy, and you got to think he's going to get a little bit of a better game than what he had before. Uh, I love Cook this week. He's probably not going to be in any of my FanDuel lineups because of how expensive he is, but he's, he's still a top play. You like Cook, Shane? Yeah, give me Cook this week. Um, clearly, the, the volume's going to be there, and this is uh, obviously a, a must-win game for Minnesota. They, they have to win out um, to have any chance of, of making the playoffs, so they're going to ride their best player. Um, they're going to give them the ball 25-plus times and say, hey, lead us there, and i like them to get in the end zone at least once, so big week for Cook. All right, uh, let's talk about the guy you like talking about, Phil, you've dubbed him Milk Carton this year. Um, what do you guys think of this game script in this Kansas City uh, Saints game? I mean, obviously, Kansas City's going to be able to put up points that they do relatively every week. Um, that should help Michael Thomas. But we've seen now, I guess Taysom Hill struggled a little bit last week in that Eagles game. Um Michael Thomas still, I think, had a good game, though. If I pull up his logs here quickly. Um, eight for 84 last yeah. week. What do you guys think about Michael Thomas in this matchup this week? Yeah, I watched uh, most of that, that Saints-Eagles game um, last week, and and the volume certainly, certainly backs aware we're kind of accustomed to seeing for Thomas. Um, clearly, Taysom Hill not as good at getting him the football as Drew, Drew Brees was. Um, it's not the same kind of quarterback. But I feel like when they got down and they realized, all right, this is this is a tough game. Like we need, they started trying to get him the ball a little bit more. Um, he's a, he's one of our best players. We need to get him the ball, and I think we're going to see much more of the same this week. Obviously. You're going to need to score points to stay with Kansas City, no matter no matter who you are. You're just not going to stop the Chiefs from scoring. Um, you're going to need to put up somewhere in the the mid twenties, high twenties to have any type of chance. Um, so I, I expect Thomas more of the same, seven, eight catches, close to a hundred yards. Um, it's all coming down to whether or not he can punch one in. He hasn't yet so far this year. So that's. It's going to be huge, I think, for the curtain to, to get maybe a touchdown from Thomas this week. Yeah, you, you got to keep an eye on him this week. He, he didn't practice today. Uh, ESPN says he's trending in the wrong direction to play, but you, you, you never know. He's He's been a lot of absence this year due to that ankle injury. 
Um, so I think it's a question if he suits up. But if he does, it, it's going to be a, a high-scoring game script. You're going to have to love to play him, uh, and he'll have a good game. If they were to get down big, do you think we could see Jameis Winston in an effort to come back in this one? Yeah, I think we could. Um, yep. I, I, listen, I know, Kaz, you're, you're a big Taysom Hill guy. and Am I? I, 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 I mean, I, I think you like the guy as far as he, he's just a, he's a unique player. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know that you think he's going to be a, a future star quarterback, but I think you, you, you like him in terms of, I think you, you can win with the guy. Yeah. And there's fantasy um, value there. Yeah. But I, I think if I'm the saints, man, I gotta see if Jameis Winston can run this offense. I, I, I have question marks of whether or not I'm handing over the reins to Taysom Hill, um, permanently, just based on what I've seen here through a few weeks. I, obviously the rushing is, is nice and he, and he makes good decisions. But just throwing the football is – I don't think he can lead you in that area. And if you're going to beat teams like Kansas City, you're going to need a quarterback that's going to be able to, to, to put up some, some points through the air at some point. Um, I, I just – I don't know. I, I think I, w- I would – if I'm the Saints, I'm starting to look at, hey, I know Drew Brees is probably done probably after this year. I, I need to see what I got in Winston, and, and maybe we see that this week. I'm taking a little bit of a different approach to answering this question. I think they'll keep Hill in no matter what. And the reason being is I think they're using the rest of at least this game to figure out, you know, the, the, the last few games, if Hill is going to be the answer or not. So it's, it's not necessarily, do we think Winston can do it? Or do we think he can't like, they, they know what they have in Winston. They've seen enough game tape of him in Tampa to know he's a, he, He's a quarterback that's more than capable that's, that's prone to mistakes. Uh, but Hill, you, you don't have that. So I think they want to see how he reacts to being down big if that ends up being the case and see if he's someone that can air it out and, and, and get him back. And if he's not, they want to know that and move on. Yeah, I, I agree with that premise um, that – they're going to want to um, know if Hill's going to start in the playoffs. You know, I, I think they're going to try to get Breeze back, but I still think there's a lot to kind of iron out there in terms of his injuries. So the best way for them to be the Chiefs may have these these long drives with, you know, a lot of running the ball and keeping the clock moving and try to keep the Chiefs off the field. I mean, the Chiefs will still score quickly because they can, um, but that may be the way that they, they need to beat them. Um, who do we have winning this matchup? Curtin, arguably the hottest team in the league right now. Um, projected right now to win by 13 unless Eckler is able to pick this up. Yeah, this one's an interesting for, interesting one for me. Um, Curtin have clearly been the hottest team in the league here the past few weeks. Um Not necessarily in love with the Josh Allen matchup at Denver. Um, some weird, weird stuff happens when you play at Denver. Sometimes um, you still should put up some some decent fantasy points just because we've talked about before the offense runs through them. Um, 
obviously the Rodgers Adams connection, if it can keep it going, it's it's gonna have to for the Mad Dogs, I believe here. Um, this should be a high scoring affair. I think I think I'm gonna lean towards the steel curtain in a really close one. I also think it's really close. Um, I think Rodgers and, and Adams have a really good game Saturday night. And, yeah, to your point, Shannon, I don't love Josh Allen at Denver, but I, I think there's just too much other talent and good matchups at these other positions. Like, who knows what Akers can go off and do. Um, and he has, he has a bunch of these guys, like A.J. Brown against the Lions. It, it, a few of these can go off for 25 and 30 points. I, I think the Griffin are going to pull it out, but it is going to be close. Yeah, I'll take the curtain, too. I know that I thought the Mad Dogs were the favorite coming into the playoffs, but um, Gibson not being healthy really, really hurts this team because um, you just don't know what Damian Harris is going to do, and I don't love having to play Tim Patrick. Um, the only player I don't really like on Eddie's team is Hayden Hurst, and um, it's a tight end position, and you're just kind of hoping that you get eight points. Uh, if you don't have Kelsey or Waller, so I'll take the curtain. Let's go over to the other semifinal matchup: St. Louis Patriots against the Sea Wolves. This one's super tight. ESPN projected one point four point win for the Sea Wolves. Uh, Papa Kaz missing some points on the bench right now. Justin Herbert with twenty points about halfway through the third quarter, and Hunter Henry was a touchdown recipient from. Herbert, he's got 12.6 right now. Um, it's not to say that, you know, Murray can put up as good of a game and even Curtis Samuel um, in the Saturday night matchup. So, I, you know, there's definitely a chance that he won't miss out on those points. Um, we'll start off with the St. Louis Patriots. We got Kyler Murray at home against the Eagles. Kenyon Drake in the same matchup. Chris Carson at Washington, Cole Beasley at Denver, Juju at Cincinnati, Travis Kelsey at New Orleans, Julio uh, hopefully coming back against Tampa Bay, and Curtis Samuel at Green Bay. Um, I guess we'll start off with the big one. The big question here is Julio Jones didn't play last week. Do you guys think he plays this week? And if he does, what can you realistically expect from Julio Jones? Uh, and he'll have a good game. 
Yeah, it's a real shame for Papa Kaz that this uh, Vegas LA game was tonight because Hunter Henry would have been a viable option to replace Julio if he knew. Um, don't yep. blame him for waiting to see on Julio. The other name that would have been interesting was uh, Nelson Aguilar, I think was probably one of the top waiver wire claims this week. Um, and he would have been a guy that uh, Papa Kaz could have turned to to replace Julio, but um, obviously that's not going to be in play now. So if Julio's not able to go, um, I don't think he can turn to David Johnson on the bench. I think he'd have to go out in the waiver wire and try to find someone. And if I look quickly... Um, hmm. There's not a lot out there. I mean, you don't really feel good about Gabriel Davis, Rashard Higgins, Marquise Brown. Uh, I don't. I don't know where he would turn. There's some really bad names out there on the waiver wire at the wide receiver position, and I don't think yeah, you want to go to the running back. There's not back. a whole lot of places to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you look at and maybe. I mean, if 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 Ridley's banged up, maybe you look at a guy like Russell Gage. Um, Someone's got to catch the ball, I guess. So, I mean, that might be the place that I'm looking, but I, I don't, I don't know. There's not a whole lot that's appetizing out there. All right, let's talk about um, Curtis Samuel. He's been uh, pretty fantastic this year uh, for Curtis Samuel. I know he's thirtieth at the position, but it was a slow start. Um, in his last seven games. He's been double digits in six of them. Uh, the only bad game was against Tampa Bay. He's got a pretty good matchup against Green Bay. Their defense is not special by any means. Um, and with McCaffrey doubtful to play again, Samuel should still have a big role in this offense. What do you guys think about Curtis Samuel this week? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to love playing the guy, but I mean, as your flex too, He's just about as good as it's get, as good as it gets this year, right? I mean, he's a guy that's going to get roughly, or probably a little less than ten touches a game, but he's been making the most out of all those touches, um, and he's been certainly a great viable flex two spot. Where hey, pencil him in for ten plus points, maybe a little more, and and you feel great about it. So, I mean, I, I expect it to be much of the same this week, where. He gets close to 10 touches, and he gets somewhere around 10, 12 points. Yeah, I, I would keep an eye on him. He popped up on the injury report today, too, and he's questionable for Saturday night. And that's a, I mean, that's another big one that's going to swing our matchup. But if he plays, I think he's a good start. Moore is going to be back. Moore will probably make it into my lineup. Um, and we'll just see who has the better game. Yeah, I think I like Shane's <clears throat> 10 to 12. I'd say it's probably more like 10 to 15 um, with 20-point upside if he were to get in the end zone. So um, this should be a game where the Packers are pushing the issue and Carolina needs to do the same. Guyton? No, incomplete. thought that might have been a touchdown. All right. Um, so, yeah, I like Samuel in the Saturday night game. I think there's going to be some points to be had in that game. 
All right, moving over to the Seawolves. We've got Russell Wilson at Washington. Derrick Henry home against Detroit. Miles Sanders at Arizona. Mike Evans at Atlanta. Calvin Ridley home for Tampa Bay. TJ Hawkinson at Tennessee. James Conner at Cincinnati. Deontay Johnson at Cincinnati. Um, and then you have DJ Moore on the bench looking to um, prove to Phil that he's better than one of those Steelers. Um, <laughs> Shane... Uh, the question is for you, I guess. Would you start James Conner and Deontay Johnson with a guy like DJ Moore on your bench? Oh, man. I want to believe that this is going to be a Steelers route where they're just like, all right, we're getting back on track. But, man, they've looked absolutely terrible the past couple of weeks. They, they do not look like a good football team right now. And I'm, I'm not sure that they're very good. So I, I feel like I'm finding someone else to, to put in there. But I, Moore's a risky play as well. I mean, who's he going to get matched up with against, against the Green Bay secondary? Um, Green Bay secondary has been pretty good this year. They're, they're vulnerable against the run, but they don't give a whole lot up through the air. Um, so that's a risky play as well for me. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't feel great about any of those three guys, really. I, I feel like one of those three players probably has a good game. I don't know which one it's going to be, and I don't feel great about starting any of them. Um, Deontay drops three more passes. Is he, is he going to play? Is he going to get benched again? Um, James Conner has been non-existent now for, for how long? For over a month? And, and then more. Um, yeah, it's some tough decisions here for the Wolves. I'm not even sure which direction I'll go. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I think there's definitely room for more Connor and or Johnson to have good games. You're going to have to pick the right one. You're going to have to play at least one of those guys. I mean, Antonio Brown may be in play um, in this matchup. I'd have a hard time playing Chark, Peyton Barber, or DeAndre Washington. Um, So you're going to have to turn to one of those, or two of those three guys, I would imagine. Um, I, I don't think Connor's good at all. Um, I think probably nobody likes Deontay Johnson more than Phil and I. Um, I think we think he's really talented, but how do you play him right now with what he's been dealing with? I think DJ Moore's got to be in that lineup, um, but I'm not sure which guy I would take him out for. I like Johnson's talent better than Connor, um, but the game script, like you said, Shane should lean towards um, James Connor in this one. say on Deontay is the Steelers are going to stick with him. They're they're committed to him. He's had a few bad games here, but he's going to get a ball. He's going to get the volume, and he's someone that they know they have to get right for the playoffs if they want to make a run. So they're going to keep feeding him the ball. To me, he's a, he's a no-brainer to be in there, and I probably will put more over Connor. Um, but if that that one's closer to me. All right, I want to talk about uh, Phil's favorite quarterback to talk about, RW1. Tough matchup this week at Washington. Uh, Washington has the playoffs on the mind. Um, Going across country to play on the East Coast for a 1 p.m. game against that um, Washington defensive line. 
as Phil wanted to call him. You know, every de- every defensive group needs a cool nickname, and no better one for the Washington football team than calling them the Washington defensive line. Uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young have been a problem for all teams that they've played against this year. Can Russell Wilson, or will Russell Wilson, I should say, get to what I believe is the benchmark of 25 points that Phil's going to need from Russ this week? got to be I think it's got to be touchdowns for him I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of yards I don't think this game's going to be a track meet by any means um and this is going to be the touchdowns that Seattle does score in this one um are going to be huge for this matchup with Carson on the other side so um what you're hoping is that Russ throws them and they're not able to able to run any in against Washington so who do we have winning Patriots versus Sea Wolves. Man. My favorite team in the league versus my favorite team to trade with in the league. <laughs> this is uh this is for all the marbles. This is what the Wolves have been waiting for all year. They 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 were the best team in the league all year. Um semifinals it seems to be where Phil has had his most demise throughout our years of playing fantasy football. Give me the Seawolves to make it to the championship game for their second time in their in their franchise's history. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take my team for two reasons. One, I, I think some of these matchups like Derrick Henry against the Lions, he's just gonna feast. Right, uh, as trademarked by this podcast, and just the health factor. My team's a lot healthier. Uh, I don't have a lot of the question marks going into it. Knock on wood, non-COVID related. Um, but I think it's close. Yeah, the one thing I will say is just just 
brace yourself. I mean, the Wolves could pull off a 70-point performance at any time. Um, we see them do it in the semifinals and the finals. And, and just watch for the Kyler, Moore, Kyler Murray 40-point outburst possibility here because it, it, it's definitely in play. Yeah, Arizona needs this one. Um, I could definitely see Kyler having a big game and, and Drake as well. I'll take the Patriots uh, just because someone has to on this podcast. You know, someone's got... And Papakaz, for all the winning that he does do in fantasy and the other leagues that I've played in with him, he hasn't uh, taken the leap yet to get into the Super Bowl in this league. Um, it's been a while since Correct. I think he was even in the playoffs. Uh, maybe since year two. Um, so, looking for him to get off the schneid and um, do the league a favor, as Shane likes to say, and take <laughs> out the Sea Wolves. But I think it's super tight. This one could go either way. The win probability on ESPN is 50%, and I think that couldn't be more accurate. So. Yeah, this one's, this one's a complete toss-up. Complete toss-up. Yeah. It's going to be super sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, got about 10 minutes left. I said we might do something for the, the other teams in the league this week, but I'm not prepared to do so, and I doubt any one of those guys are listening. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's not really worth talking about. Um, the one thing that I think we've all learned now in six years of this league is that we don't all really know much of anything. Um, and trying to predict the future, you know, nine months out or whatever it is, is pretty futile. So <laughs> I'm not even going to take a stab at it. I don't think it's worth it. Very correct. Very correct. One point that just came to me a few minutes ago, and just one recommendation I'll make to the league is, I know we've been talking about this all year with Fegley's team name. Maybe we can change his team name at least for the rest of the year to Fantasy Football Team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wonder how many people went with that team name this year. I I hadn't thought about that. That's good. (laughs) <laughs> but I think that that's that's a good team name. I like that one. All right. Well, that does it for um, for the week fourteen semifinal, week fifteen. Sorry, semifinal podcast. We look forward to talking next week and previewing Super Bowl six in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Um, whichever two teams make it. It will be well-deserved. I do think that these have been uh, the four best teams all year in the league. Um, So look forward to seeing which one of them on the 2020 Sons of Fantasy Football League, Mount Rushmore, can be the last one standing. Thank you to Phil, and thank you to Shane for joining me. And uh, we will talk next week. Good luck to the remaining four teams.